welcome to the Atlanta Tennis Podcast. Every episode is titled, It Starts With Tennis and Goes From There. We talk with coaches, club managers, industry business professionals, technology experts, and anyone else we find interesting. We want to have a conversation as long as it starts with tennis. Hey, hey, this is Sean with the Atlanta Tennis Podcast, powered by Go Tennis. Check out our calendar of Metro Atlanta tennis events at letsgotennis.com, where you can also find deals on equipment, apparel, and more. In this episode, we talk to Tim Siegel, executive director of Team Luke Hope for Minds, whose mission is to enrich the lives of children with a brain injury and give hope to their families through support and education. Please visit teamlukehopeforminds.org and get involved with this wonderful organization. Have a listen and let us know what you think. Tell me who is Tim Siegel and what is Team Luke Hope for Minds? Well, for me, Tim Siegel is a father. That's that's who I am. My identity to me has always been uh, being a father. Um, I was a tennis coach. That's what I did for a living. But um, uh, ever since my son had his accident, uh, I have become or I was a caregiver and and then we started in 2018 the Team Luke Hope for Minds nonprofit where we support children after brain injury. For me, the most important thing that I do now is I'm the executive director of Team Luke Hope for Minds, which is a nonprofit that supports children after brain injury. Uh, prior to this, I was a tennis coach at Texas Tech for 23 years. I actually resigned from Texas Tech in 2015 to spend more time with my family. And 20 days later, my son, Luke, who was nine at the time, had a golf cart accident. And Luke spent five months in the hospital. And for the next six years, I was Luke's primary caregiver. I took care of Luke every minute of every day. I wanted I wanted to, to show doctors, neurologists, neurosurgeons that Luke could improve despite the fact that we were told Luke would never use his limbs, use his voice, or open his eyes. He eventually did all three. But in 2021, uh, August 19th, uh, Luke passed away from COVID. And I always remember thinking that that Luke was going to speak. I was convinced that Luke was going to speak. He was so close. I would ask Luke, move your move your tongue. He would move his tongue. I would ask Luke to, to let me hear your voice. And he would try so desperately to open his mouth and, and make some sounds. But I guess <clears throat> I can say now that Luke is speaking. He's just speaking through me. And for me, I am passionate, always have been passionate about sports, about our New Orleans Saints or Texas Tech. <clears throat> um, but now I'm passionate about Team Luke for Minds, which supports children after brain injury. We started in 2018. I became the executive director at that time. I have a partner in Austin. We have a staff um, all over Lubbock, Texas and Austin and other places. And 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 we are blessed now to help so many families all over the country. Uh, in 2021, we granted over half a million dollars, the same last year in 2022. This year, we actually already have over 67 families on a waiting list um, trying to keep up with the applications. We're receiving an application almost every single day. Families whose children had a <clears throat> had a brain injury from golf cart like my son, ATV, Accidents at home, car accidents, non-fatal drownings, and, and so many more. Just yesterday, I spoke to a father who has six children, and his sixth child um, had a non-fatal drowning. And, and that little 
uh, little precious angel is only two years old. So those are the kinds of things that I hear every day. And and what I try to do, what we try to do is to give hope to families um, through education, through financial support. Uh, we have support groups online. I have a dad support group. And we have what I believe is our most important two days of the year. We have a pediatric brain injury conference where we fly families and pay for their expenses to come here, presentations, speakers, listen to, to um, uh, other families who are going through similar things. And there's a uniqueness to what Team Luke Hope for Minds does. I was reading a little bit. You've got, you do a lot of work with, or NFL players are involved as well. You've got Patrick Mahomes that, that works with you. I've seen Drew Brees' name. But this is different from the concussion work that the NFL does, right? There's a, there's a uniqueness to what you guys focus on. Yes, it is different. And, and you mentioned Patrick Mahomes. So, you know, he, of course, was the, the quarterback at Texas Tech. And, and he means the world to us. Luke knew him prior to the accident. Um, Patrick uh, has never played a game for the Chiefs without wearing on his right, hand, right wrist, Team the Cup for Mines. Drew Brees was Luke's hero. Um, and, and, and Drew came to do an event for us. Um, we used to go to saints games with Luke and, and, and Drew has just been incredible. Uh, actually at Luke's funeral, Drew had a video that, that began the funeral. Uh, we've had a lot of famous tennis players as well. Andre Agassi, Andy Roddick, John, you know, Isner, um, Brad Gilbert. Uh, so many have, um, taken their time to bring awareness and help raise money for Team Luke Hope for Minds. But yes, what we do is we, as an organization, and now we're nationally well-known, we, we are in 46 states. We provide financial support for families. Um, ours are, I would hate to say, more severe than a concussion because a concussion is very severe. But these are traumatic and anoxic brain injuries. My son had an anoxic injury, which means he lost oxygen. I've seen seen so many of those, uh, as well as just traumatic brain injuries, where it's a bit easier to recover from a traumatic brain injury, but but also very very severe. Um, I actually um, just spoke recently to to Lee Steinberg, who of course is probably the most famous agent, and and he is so involved with with concussions um, and, and helping the NFL players and organizations understand more about concussions. But we kind of take it a step farther. And, and because so many families, we are told, I was told what Luke was never going to do. But I also know what the brain can do. The brain can heal. The brain does heal. Luke made the biggest strides, the most improvement in year six and yet so many of us are told after about 18 months, there's a flat line that that's, that's as much as you can do. And there are so many different things and so many different ways to improve. But I believe through therapies, through therapists, uh, incredibly important. But I also think that love is the most important. Um, I was there to provide love for Luke every single day, all day. And I believe he improved tremendously because of all of these things I just mentioned. And I can only imagine how that feels as a father. I'm a, I'm a new father myself. And just to be able to, to hear, hear you talk about it and talk about how that love matters. And the, and the doctors say, hey, look, here's the math. And the math is one thing, but the, the love of a parent and somebody that says, no, nope, I don't believe it. We're going we're gonna to be able to do more than anyone has ever done before. And in that case, you took that to become a full-on life's mission. 
Well, it is my mission. It's my passion. It's my calling. It's it's now to me my responsibility because when a father or a mother calls me and, and lets me know that their child um, was told that he should be in a home or that there's no way he's going to improve, I can't speak for that person. I can only speak for what has happened for me. But I have seen so many families and so many children improve from so many different areas. But I, I know this, that I spoke to Luke, not about Luke. I spoke to Luke every day. Um, we had our our way of communicating. Luke was nonverbal. Luke was G-tube fed. But, you know, I began, okay, Luke, move your tongue if you think the Saints are going to win. And he began to move his tongue. And from that point on, I knew Luke understood. You know, I would ask Luke, Luke, move your tongue if you want to listen to dad's favorite, Bruce Springsteen. He would not move his tongue. Move your tongue if you want to listen to Ed Sheeran or classical music, and he would move his tongue. Uh, you know, the 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 thing for me, though, is that every single day I, you know, I grieve tremendously. I am I am in a lot of pain because my nine-year-old who passed at 15 was my little hero. But I also know because of what happened to Luke, Luke's injury has helped so many families and inspired so many people and made an impact to so many. And for that, I'm grateful. It's gotta be tough. I, I can only imagine, like I said, and I'm, I'm curious, you are doing, from, from an awareness point of view, you do events. We, we know there's, there's good, <clears throat> excuse me, there's good funding coming in. You guys are doing great work financially to help the families a lot of physical therapy, a lot of therapy in general. Um, and you're also doing tennis events. So if we bring this from a tennis point of view, you started, you came to this from being a tennis coach and now we're doing tennis events. I know Bobby, you were involved in, was it the previous two or the previous event here in Atlanta? The last one that was held at, I, it was Windy Hill. I, I always forget what it is called now. But yeah, Windy Hill Athletic Club. We were there last July, Tim, was it? That's correct. Right before the Atlanta Open. Right before the Open, yeah. And it was an amazing day. And, and you know, anybody who's watched this, anybody who knows me, I, I'm not silent very often. Uh, this so hit so close to him, obviously, as, as Tim said, I, I identify first and foremost as a father as well. You know, that that is what I've done for the last 17 years is be there for my daughter. And I was just amazed, not just by... The, the presentation to me, the, the, the family environment, how his Arkansas teammates come to be a part of this event, how his Texas Tech former players come to be a part of this, how, you know, Luke Jensen was there. And I guess, you know, that that was my introduction to Tim was through Patricia Jensen. Uh, and these guys, man, we were out there in the middle of summer, 90 some odd degrees, middle of the day. And they were working like you couldn't believe, just flying around like they were teenagers. I called Patricia that night and I said, now Luke is going to be hurting tomorrow because he didn't stop for four hours. I mean, I laughed. The first drill we did was the adults and I had my court. And after 25 minutes, we had six courts after 25 minutes. I think we were down to three courts because the adults were, oh my God, this is a lot of work. And it was so much energy there that I just was like, well, okay, we need to do, you know, I'd like to be more involved. I'd like to, you know, how else can we help? So Tim, you know, there's, that's my experience with it. And 
besides sharing our, our passion for Bruce Springsteen, we've, we've continued to, to speak over the last year and uh, hopefully to do more here in Atlanta. Well, and I, I certainly appreciate that, Bobby. And, you know, the event that we had in Atlanta was was wonderful. My former assistant, you know, Marcelo Ferreira, who has done such a great uh, job at Windy Hill. Um, but, but as you mentioned, the tennis community, because I played uh, collegiately at the University of Arkansas, then played professionally, was fortunate enough to have been play, played all the Grand Slams and, and, and keep in touch with a lot of those players. You know, the tennis world has really supported what we're doing. And to have Andre Agassi and Andy Roddick, among others, that have um, taken their time to to have an event and, and to help us raise money and awareness, that's what we want to continue to do. We have events all over the country from golf tournaments. Uh, we've had uh, Drew Brees, Demario Davis from the Saints. Uh, we have um, the Eli Young Band. Uh, they're coming to perform in May. So we do. We definitely have events that help. Um, raise money. We know that we have to continue to raise money in different ways from mission partners to national partners. And certainly tennis events is something that we uh, look forward to because it's bringing back some old friends uh, to support such an incredible cause. I'm curious about the, the fundraising for you. What's the best way? So as, a, as an executive director, that's, that's one of your main jobs is how do we financially help everybody going on? So there's a lot of fundraising going on. And a tennis event is just one of the things you do. It, kind of a twofold question. What's what's the best thing for you to bring in those kinds of donations, that kind of support? What's the best way that happens? And how can we help get that word out? Like what's what's your best case scenario? Is it is the tennis event brings in the most money in the year? I would I would doubt it. What's what's your best option for, for raising money? Well, I would ask everyone that's listening to go to teamlukehopeforminds.org and, and look at our website. Um, there's a, an opportunity to donate there as well. Um, my personal page, Pray for Luke Siegel, is uh, an opportunity to learn more about our story. And then if people want to go to YouTube and just put in Luke Siegel, they'll be able to see documentaries. ESPN did a story on us the day that the Mahomes uh, and the Chiefs played the Saints and Drew Brees in 2020. Um, different opportunities to raise money through our website, through events. Um, people can even contact me uh, at Tim at TeamLukeHopeForMinds.org. Um, I'm happy to speak to anyone regarding that because, as I said earlier, you know, we never dreamed that after four years, we would have granted over half a million dollars each of the last two years. This year, we're on track to get to grant almost a million dollars. The problem is we don't have a million dollars to grant at this point. So we're continuing every day to raise money. Um, we, we have become so well known because of Facebook groups, because of word of mouth, uh, because of my personal page, uh, because of therapies, people um, that, that own these different types of therapies, they have sent people our way. So keeping up is, is important. We don't wanna have people on a waiting list. We don't wanna tell a family no. Right now, we're telling families, hold on. But we do so many things other than just um, offer financial support, you know, through education, through support groups online, our pediatric injury conference. And I speak to a family member almost every single day uh, because they need to hear from someone who's been through it. Yeah, that personal connection makes a huge difference. Yes, and I actually also have written a couple of books. I wrote a book in 2019 called It's in God's Hands, 
And I just came out with another book. Um, here it is. It's called Fight Like Luke, Transforming Grief into Love, Strength, and Faith. You know, so many of us have gone through different types of grief, whether it's a relationship, a job, uh, a child, uh, a parent. And, and so this book came out in December. And um, Patrick Mahomes has a quote at the top of the book, Rest in Peace, Luke. The impact you made in my life will never be forgotten. You know, so, so we, we have become the premier organization that does more than just help financially. But those support groups that we do online are very powerful. I have a dad support group. We have a sibling support group, a, a couple support group, a, a, a support group where couples or parents can get on and listen to speakers. So, you know, there are so many different ways that we can help families. And in order to help families financially, we need um, your support. We need support from the tennis world, the tennis community, and then just people in general that want to help uh, because brain injuries among children is so much more prevalent than anyone could ever imagine. I had no idea that so many children are affected by brain injuries. And, and so I'm living it every single day. But um, despite my pain, despite my grief, you know, I'm going to do all that I can to keep Luke's legacy alive. I love that. I love that. I know we want to, did I, did Bobby tell me we have an event from an Atlanta point of view? We say, when, when can we get you here? That's always one of the, one of the ideas that we have is say, okay, how does Atlanta help? And Bobby, did you tell me there's, there's something coming up here or am I missing that? We're, we're going back to Windy Hill, right? In July, Tim, rumor has it, uh, there's a director at Windermere that's trying to, to convince his, property manager that this is a worthwhile event to to, to worry, not to worry about his liability concerns as much. And I, I've just read, are we going to do something at the concourse as well? We're working on that. Yes, we've got hopefully two or three events just prior to the Atlanta Open. Uh, but yes, in, at Windy Hill, we will be there the Sunday before the Open and, and then hopefully a couple of other events right before that as well. I like it. We will do everything we can to promote those. And again, we we appreciate that because that's the, there's always a goodness that comes from it. And we like covering what's good. We like talking about things that are good. And I like what you said, where yes, you're grieving every day, but you've taken, taken comfort in how much help that, uh, that others have received from everything you've gone through. And like I said, I, I can only imagine, I'm, I, I look over at, at my new young son and, I, and, and all, the, all the thoughts. And, it, and it's got to be uh, it's got to be something that nobody nobody wants to go through. And I really appreciate the fact that you're capable of having these conversations, that you're capable of going through this. Thank you so much for that. You know, it's um, I guess I had a choice either either feel sorry for myself every day or try to make a difference in the world. And, you know, we there's not a blueprint for families when they leave the hospital when their child's had the brain injury. Um, what I'm also blessed to do is, is get in front of people. I spoke to over 5,000 people last year and um, from companies to students at schools to teams. Just yesterday, I spoke to the University of Texas tennis team, TCU's women's tennis team today and TCU's men's tennis team tomorrow because they're playing against Texas Tech. And so when coaches reach out to me, they want to hear what I have to say, and I have a, a sort of a model. It's called Seven Inspirations from Luke. Number one is to find your passion. Number two is don't ever quit. Number three is to lean on friends, family, siblings, coaches. 
Uh, number four is to make good choices. Be careful. Five, um, have faith. Six is to find forgiveness. And number seven is to let a loved one's legacy live on through you. So those are the seven core. And then I also talk about putting one foot in front of the other. I, uh, I'll, I'll pick the one. I like that. I like that number seven, letting the loved one's legacy live on through you. I think that's often why we have children in the first place is so hopefully they can do that for us also. But in this case, that goes both ways for you. Yes, it sure does. I like that. So I, yeah, Bobby, I was going to wonder if you've uh, you got something specific, because I definitely I'm looking forward. I can have an idea maybe of the the response that we might get from my king of tennis question, but I'm curious what else uh, what else is on your mind, Bobby? Oh well, I want to I want to make it personal for a second too in the fact that Tim also has two other daughters, and Tim, you know, let's talk about the Bruce Springsteen concert. Tim saw it on on Facebook, and uh, you know, I know what the difficulty I have with my daughter trying to get her to listen to the boss and try to get her to go to a concert, but I thought that was a great sharing experience because despite everything life goes on and you do have your your two girls and bobby i have actually i have three children three daughters and my oldest daughter is 31 and um uh, my daughter my daughter has a five-year-old son and twin boys that are three and just had a baby girl two months ago and um you know another kind of i guess you could call it a tragedy or or in, in our case we're going to look at it as a blessing my daughter has a little girl named Maddie and she has a syndrome, a very rare syndrome called Odo. She was born without a middle brain. And so maybe I'm put on this earth to, to help more than um, just my son uh, who's had a brain injury, but also my granddaughter. But you know, what happened to me is I've always been someone that's, that just loves being with my children. I left Texas tech to be with my children. And the accident happened just 20 days later. But I have a, a 31-year-old daughter, a 20-year-old daughter, and an 18-year-old daughter. And, and I'm so fortunate. And, and I don't take for granted that my girls still love being with their dad. And so we have a special bond with sports and also with music. And I took my my uh, 20 year old, and 18 year old Kate Nelly to see Bruce Springsteen in Austin in February. And that was probably the first time where I thoroughly enjoyed my time and didn't think about who wasn't there. And so the music and being with my girls, you know, I had dinner last night with my girls. I'm trying to make up for lost time. I think they have told me in the past that they never knew if it was going to be mad dad, sad dad, happy dad, or angry dad. And if dad was even really there for them. And so, you know, I've, I've really, I do believe I'm in the healing process and that I'm spending a lot more time with my girls, my grandchildren. And I didn't know if I could ever find joy again, but certainly they have given me joy back again. That's what, as there's no blueprint for this, you know, there's, that's the hard part. I mean, you're trying to do it for other people. And the amazing part, as I said, of just being there on a tennis court and having the whole everybody around you just silent listening to this man speak. It, it was so powerful and you just, you wanted to get involved and you know, the, the brain is such, you know, we don't know much. What's the old, we, we use an eighth of our brain or, you know, 8% of the brain, the, the geniuses. So there is so much hope there so much, hopefully that you can unlock with your passion and, and what you're doing. So, you know, there's so many other positive ramifications that get, you know, they're going to come out of this 
And, you know, we're just thankful that you, you've taken this road and, and thankful that you're you're still fighting the good fight. Well, I do. And you, and you mentioned the word fight, you know, because uh, I, I'm reminding everyone that I run into uh, to fight like Luke. You know, Luke's favorite number was three. And so, you know, I always tell people when you see the number three, think of three words, fight like Luke. And uh, my bracelet right now says, you know, team Luke Hofermines on one side and fight like Luke on the other. And even when I speak to tennis teams or students, you know, to, to every day we have to fight, uh, fight through adversity, fight through things that may seem insignificant, but regardless, we have to fight every day. And, you know, I am going to do everything I can every single day to fight like Luke. And it's, it's a great message. And it's, it, and it's a message in positive and in helping others, not just for self gain. And that's the great part about it. You're, you're, you're taking a lot of people on, hopefully a very positive ride and something that is otherwise a very dire situation. And again, we thank you for that. Uh, so we are, we're looking forward to July. As I said, I got involved through Patricia Jensen. And again, Sean, having spoken to Patricia, just the golden retrievers were there last year as well. They helped out with the event. So it is a really for, again, under the circumstances, a really upbeat event that I, I believe Patricia was telling me that as we were finishing, People were already saying, okay, I want to sign up for next year. So hopefully we can continue to grow on this. We have a couple of conversations coming up. And uh, because as the other venues is a group that I haven't even told you about who's taken that over. And, uh, you know, somebody we're talking to very seriously as well. So hopefully we'll, we'll be a big part of this moving forward as well. And I did not pay Tim to mention TCU during the podcast just Let's get that out of the way. And and let's be clear, Patrick Mahomes, I think, threw for 700 yards against TCU while he was at Texas Tech. So, <laughs> And Arkansas. Can we talk about the Arkansas? How did you end up at Arkansas? Well, I'm from New Orleans. And at the time, in 1982, I had visited five schools, Texas, Clemson, Arkansas, uh, TCU, actually four schools at the time. And, and Arkansas uh, was top 10 in the country. And, and so when I went there, we were, I think we made two sweet 16s and two elite eights. I had some great players on my team and I was just back in Fayetteville. Uh, I just loved my time as a college coach. I loved my time coaching in college as well. You know, coaching is something that I just love doing because you are, you are developing the game of tennis to them, but you're also developing them so that they're ready for the real world, you know, to be on time, to be disciplined, to be respectful. Um, and I think that uh, many of my players, I think, look back and and they realize that although I was tough and demanding, that maybe it helped them uh, later in life. And, and now that they have children, they understand uh, more than ever, um, you know, to, to love and enjoy every second of being a father, because to me, uh, there is nothing better, nothing more um, rewarding than being a father. And um, at 59 years old, um, you know, I'm I'm not only now a father, but also a grandfather. And, and I'll never take for granted uh, the joy that I have. Although I don't have my son in front of me or with me, he's inside me and he is uh, in my heart every day. You have that to share and you have that love in your heart and you have a thing that he'll always be with you. And that's phenomenal. And like I said, again, Thank you for the strength, because I can only imagine what it what it feels like to have to have this conversation every day uh, and be able to share that with everyone. And that's your your grief story. That's your grief journey. 
Uh, and, I, and I'll tie that in if you don't mind. I don't know if this is a direction you would go if you were if you were king of tennis for a day. And we always bring it back to tennis, of course, if we can. But at least we start there. But in this case, we start with you and try to bring it into tennis and say, if you were king of tennis, is there anything you would change is the typical question. And sometimes that, that answer is defined by obviously who we are or what we do and obviously how we view the world. And you've got a unique view of the world at this point in your life. So if you were king of tennis, is there, a, is there anything you would change, anything you would do? Well, I think there's a couple of things. You know, I, I, I know that there was, um, I'm not sure if it was Tiafo or, or Fritz, maybe one of them that mentioned, you know, to have a bit more fun, in, even, even at changeovers where you've got music. And I would like to see more entertainment. But really the number one thing, um, when I was a coach at Texas Tech, I was also a promoter. I wanted to market our sport. We were two in the nation in attendance. We had over 500 to 1,000 people at every match because we brought people in because it was such a great experience. I think professional tennis needs to do a much better job of marketing our top players, marketing our American players much better. Someone who's ranked 30 in the world um, may, may go on the street and not be recognized. But in Europe, because of soccer and tennis being the top two, they are. I just think... Professional tennis—it's incredible what these what these players are doing. It's—I think we are at a great time, both men and women, where there are, you know, so many good players. It's—it's it's not so top heavy where anybody can win a Grand Slam. Certainly, the the Alcarazes of the world—they uh, bring such joy and excitement and energy. Uh, he is just amazing. But but the American tennis players are doing so well. I, I would just love to see our sport market our players in a much better, much different way, uh, because I don't like seeing um, tournaments where the, the, the stands are half empty. Uh, and, and it's so important now with certainly pickleball has become so prominent, but I think both can kind of help each other. But I, I just want to see our sport thrive because there's probably never been a better time. You know, the Djokovic's, the Federer's, and the Nadal's, the big three – are, are slowly going away to about just the big one. But Djokovic now has some competition. We have so many great players now. And I think uh, if you if you polled the average tennis fan, they may not even know um, what some of these guys and how great some of these guys really are. So, you know, I, I certainly want to promote the sport. I'm doing that as much as I can on a collegiate level. Um, I attend the U.S. Open. My um, One of my former players, Gonzalo Escobar, is 40 in the world in doubles. And, and I was there to, to support him at the U S open also in last year's Atlanta open. And I hope to do the same this year as well. Escobar, is he Ecuadorian? Yes, he is. Oh my goodness. Okay. I'm completely interrupting. I hope you don't mind. We, we can, we can cut this out if we need to. Jovi, can you come visit me for a second? All right. So my wife is from Ecuador hmm. and we struggle to find uh, Ecuadorian players because they're just not that many that that come from the country and we found this one guy Escobar and I've only I haven't seen him play any singles matches he's just playing been playing doubles I had no idea he had a connection to you come here for a second I want you to meet Tim we're gonna we're gonna say hello real quick if you don't mind we're a little backwards aren't we? so uh, my wife Jovi Giovanna and my son Giovanni uh, he's he's six months old coming up in a few days and we we get so excited watching the guy that is from Ecuador. He's like, he's the only one that we can find there. I think there are one or two total 
on on the men's side of the game that are from Ecuador. But we get he uh, Escobar, the guy we watch, played college tennis. Is that right, Tim? For you, he played for me at Texas Tech. Gonzalo actually made the finals of the NCAA doubles. Um, absolutely tremendous person, a professional in every way. And I'll never forget the story. He wasn't sure he wanted to play professional tennis. He didn't think he was good enough. He tried the singles side of things, got to around 300 in the world. But I always told him he had the instincts and the talent to be a great doubles player. And the, his very first match in 2023, he beat Djokovic in doubles. He is currently 40 in the world. Um, he is in Europe Europe right now. We, we speak regularly. He, he's, he plans to be in Atlanta this year. And, of course, I'll also watch him at the U.S. Open. But you guys follow him because he's not only a great player, but he's a great guy as well. Thank you so much for your time, of course. We're, we're honored that you're, you're willing to share your story again. And how does it what, – what what's next for you? What, what's next? How can we help? Atlanta-specific, obviously, but then for, for sharing with, with everybody. Well, I think if the Atlanta tennis world uh, would be interested in, in, in helping us um, promote on their social media, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram, Luke.Siegel on Instagram – uh, Tim Siegel, TTU on Twitter, but also Team Luke Hope for Minds is on all three of those as well. Um, our website, teamlukehopeforminds.org, you can um, find merchandise, my book. Um, but the tennis world is so important to me, obviously. And so I look forward to being in Atlanta. I actually go to Atlanta quite often now because my brother, who lives in Noonan, Georgia, uh, we just moved my parents and my other brother um, to Noonan. So I'll be in Atlanta probably once every four to six weeks just visiting them. So looking forward to um, connecting with the, the people in Georgia. Well, there you have it. We want to thank rejuvenate.com for use of the studio. And be sure to hit that follow button. For more tennis-related content, you can go to atlantatennispodcast.com. And while you're there, check out our calendar of tennis events deals on equipment, apparel, and more. And you should feel good knowing that shopping at letsgotennis.com helps support this show. You can also donate directly using links in the show notes. And with that, we're out. See you next time.